It's 1944, and five children are killed in the bombing of a Woolworth store in southeast London. But what if they had lived? Follow them through the years as they encounter all the reality of life in the 20th century. From Francis Spufford, Costa Prize-winning author of Golden Hill, comes Light Perpetual, a novel of the everyday and the miraculous, of second chances and redemptions. Light Perpetual, out now in hardback and ebook from Waterstones. We share our planet with microbes, tiny invisible organisms that are all over the place, including on us and in us. Some can potentially do us harm, some do us good, and we humans host enormous microbial communities, for example, our own gut microbiome. Plants also have a microbiome, and in a paper out recently, scientists working in a seed bank report how they got curious about what microbes could be stored away inside banked seeds. And by surveying seeds from just one type of plant, they found about 200 species of fungi. My name's Katie Haler, and I spoke to study author Rowena Hill. In the Millennium Seed Bank, there are hundreds of microfungi inside the seeds. So the seed bank is acting as much as a fungi bank, uh, as well as a seed bank. If you study fungi, it's, it's not really surprising because we actually think there's probably millions of species of fungi out there. And, and we've only found 150,000 of them so far. So there's a huge gap in what we know about fungi. And this was the first time we'd actually looked in the Millennium Seed Bank uh, to find some of these gaps. What is a seed bank and what's its purpose? Big collections of seeds that we store for the future for safekeeping. Historically, that's usually been for crops. But actually, the Millennium Seed Bank run by Q focuses on wild plants. So to protect possibly endangered wild species for the future. What are the storage conditions like? Because presumably, in order to store seeds appropriately, they need to not go off or rot. So these fungi must have actually, I don't know, slept through particular storage conditions? Yeah, exactly. So the major approach to storing seeds in a seed bank is drying them and then storing them at cold temperatures. So in the Millennium Seed Bank, it's minus 20 degrees C. This doesn't work for all seeds. But yeah, the interesting thing about what we found is that actually, because we found fungi that would happily grow after being stored down there in minus 20, these fungi are actually able to survive the storage process. We just had to crush the seeds up, extract all the DNA from inside. We use what we call a, a barcode, similar concept to a barcode in the supermarket. You know, it's a, it's a unique code on an item that you can scan and then you know what it is. And it's the same in organisms, but the barcode is a gene. So in fungi, it's called ITS. And what we do is we specifically look for that gene, the ITS gene, and that's the one we sequence. And using that, we can tell apart different species. What seeds were you cracking open and doing this to? We chose a few species of wild bananas. We found almost 200 species of fungi inside just six species of wild bananas. Pretty crazy if you then think that there's 40,000 species of plants in the Millennium Seed Bank. So if you were to extrapolate up, you, you have a lot of fungi inside the Millennium Seed Bank. We also found the diversity and the number of fungi inside the seeds change depending on what habitat that those plant seeds have been collected from. So it's actually quite important that we make sure we're collecting a good mix of seeds that we're preserving uh, the full microbiome. Are these fungi already found elsewhere or are we talking about species that are actually novel? Many of the species are generalist things that you'd also find in, in the soil or the air, but, but there are some that um, are likely species new to science that we haven't um, named yet. Uh, and these 
particularly could be really interesting if we can narrow down exactly what they are. Do you know if the presence of these fungi is a good thing, a bad thing? Could it be affecting the ability of these seeds to grow if you if you ever end up needing to take them out of the seed bank and use them to repopulate a vulnerable population? That's really the big question um, when we think about these fungi, because it's not often clear whether they're harmless uh, or an important part of the balanced microbiome, much like in us humans, we need a balanced microbiome to be healthy. And, and maybe it's the same in, in these plants. Sometimes maybe, though, they're just waiting to cause disease. Uh, and then others might be actively helpful to the plant. That's really the big question that we don't know much about yet. And many we actually can now grow in the lab so that we can do further tests to try and figure out if they are helping or hindering the plants. What about other microbes, though? Because you haven't talked about bacteria, viruses. Did you find anything else? Undoubtedly, there will be you know, bacteria and other microorganisms uh, inside these seeds. Uh, we didn't specifically look at them, but we now have the DNA extractions. Theoretically, you could go back and look at those for all kinds of other microorganisms. Do you think that this kind of work tells you anything about how to better look after seeds? I think that's a great point because this isn't really something that had been considered before uh, in seed banking. Historically, seed bankers knew that fungi existed, but it, it was usually in a negative context. So they wanted to remove any fungi from the seeds to protect them. And that's understandable because there are fungal pathogens. But if we overlook fungi in the context of seed banking, then that could actually be a really big oversight and we could not be protecting seeds the best way that we actually should be. Rowena Hill from the Royal Botanic Gardens Kew and Queen Mary, University of London. And the paper we talked about was recently published in the journal Frontiers in Microbiology.